Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Welcome everyone to my YouTube channel and my IGTV and my podcast. Yeah, I've got all three of you with me live. Now, we are going to be talking today about flipping versus holding. To flip or not to flip, that is but the question, said Shakespeare saying. Now, a lot, you know, there's such staunch arguments for either side, right? For flipping or for holding. Oh, if you flip, then you do all that work and you just get rid of the asset and you've got no capital appreciation and this and that. But if you hold it, oh, then you've got tenants and overhead tenants. There's so much on either side of it. I want to present you with a balanced view because I have a portfolio, a million pound portfolio plus, everyone wants to say that. Uh, but I also have flipped three out of the 15 I purchased, right? And I've also, I'm also flipping one right now. I'm a lot closer to home actually in, in Cambridgeshire, but I live in Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire, darling. So I want to talk about my own experiences with it, but also the kind of pros and cons from a kind of balanced point of view, because I've done both, I'm doing both, and I may continue to do both in some extent. However, I'm not fully sure on that just yet. So, right, I mean, holding properties. Now, look, you get capital appreciation, which, you know, especially in places like London, is not to be underestimated. Like, seriously, it is big. And you can make a lot of money, well, just by sitting on your ass. Capital appreciation is really, really important, you know, especially in five, six, ten years when you might look at the property and say, wow, it's increased by, say, 20%. Well, now my loan to value is a lot lower. I can keep bringing that down and we can keep it down and we can lower our debt. Or you could even remortgage it and pull out more money for whatever reason you might have. So having that equity that just sits there and grows in value over time is pretty powerful. Uh, it's something you don't really think about, especially maybe when you're younger and as you're starting out, you just think, oh, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. But that's the second thing. You know, holding property should give you cash flow. Now, I speak to a lot of people, uh, old school maybe, who say, oh, I'll put on repayments. So I'm sort of breaking even every month. It's making like me £100 every month. And, you know, yeah, I'm not retiring anytime soon. And that's not a bad thing. Because I speak to a lot of people like that who say, Tej, you know, I love my day job. Uh, I've got like mentees like this who are like, look, I love my day job. You know, I don't really need it to to kind of you know be bringing in huge amounts of cash flow at the same time you know it can be more cost efficient to pay the capital down in chunks every time you remortgage every time your fix runs out however um, i understand that kind of stability that comes from you know paying it down every month on, on a capital mortgage the you know for me a property especially at this stage in my life remember everyone's different you're in a different stage you don't need what i need and i don't need what you need well, it might be if you're in the same stage. You know, a property cash flow and generating three, four hundred pounds a month, you know, times that by 10, 20, 30, that's everything covered. Everything. And then some. You can even chuck some money in Bitcoin if you want to. So when I look at it that way, you know, holding an asset, you're getting this long term appreciation piece, which in some cities can be so powerful. Second thing is you're getting monthly cash flow. What is not to like it? Okay. If you're holding HMOs, yes, you're going to get fat cash flow. Nine, eight hundred pounds a month, one thousand, you know, more. 
You're doing buy to lets, depending on where they are, anywhere from 250 to sort of 550, maybe a little bit more in certain areas. Especially at that buy to let level when you look north, right, like most people do, you're making 250, 300 quid a pop. Like I said before, times that by X number, you've got a good sort of salary, but then timesing it by X number is not that easy, right? Actually buying that many properties is not freaking easy. So for me to say, oh yeah, you've got times by X, yeah, you can, but actually doing that is nowhere near as easy as, oh yeah, well I bought one, so it's by nine more. Ah, uh, it don't work like that. So you have to think to yourself, well, if I'm holding all these assets, to make a 40 grand a year income, I need, you know, 10, 11 of these. A lot of convincing, a lot of refills, a lot of builders, a lot of bullshit. Alternatively, you could do one flip and make 40 grand in under six months. Mm, I'm teasing you with the flip stuff. Look at that. Just teasing, just dropping it in there. So, you know, the cash flow is a, is a pro and a con of holding a property, right? Um, I suppose when we get some negatives of it, tenants, they're humans, and what do humans generally cause? Problems or amazing things. What do tenants generally cause? A mixture, I, you know, touch wood. I have really good tenants and, you know, they've been great and really good letting agent and everything's been pretty smooth, right? But I know how easily that can change and I know how uncontrollable humans are. I know how overprotected tenants are by this pathetic system and this pathetic government, etc., etc. So I know we're on the cusp, we're on the edge of them not paying rent. Okay. I know how, you know, we can put CCJs on them, we can do all this stuff. But some people are just reckless. And because of that, you know, you look at the stability of the portfolio as an asset, as an income generating piece, and you kind of think, yeah, it's there and it's working when it works. But when that goes wrong, they, you know, you could be six, nine, ten months without rent because of this pathetic, you know, system and the courts and this legal system. That is a big risk to have, and what if you have four of them, right? And that's a thousand, and you know, you lose one or two of them, your bills need to get paid. <laughs> British Gas aren't saying, oh, they don't pay rent today, number 57. You know what? Don't worry about it. We'll give you six months, you know, we'll pay us then. <laughs> your mortgage company is certainly in saying that. So, what happens then? The risk element can be higher on, you know, on kind of buy to lets. Another thing is, you know, when you drill down to it, talking to the limited company here, it applies in your personal name even more. You know, post-tax, uh, especially if you're not sort of smart with it, post-tax, you know, boiler breaks, this happens, this happens. That 250, 350 a month can become a very small number, a very small number. So there's a problem there, right? Like, what are you going to do? That, you, know, you, know, you really have to work out how much you're going to take home in your pocket from these vitamins before you get into it. Because chances are you're looking at the end of it and then, yeah. And of course you've got costs in running a company, like accountants costs, right? Um, your confirmation statement, I think it was like 13 quid or something like that, but you have costs, corporation tax, that you gotta pay. <laughs> as much as we don't want to, you gotta pay them. So just think about that, you know, when you're thinking about vitamins, what's the real cost of this? And what does it really equate down to? Bottom, bottom line, the line right at the bottom, what does that equate to? And then see if it's worth it and see how many you need. Let's talk about flips. I like flips, right? I know people say, well, Ted, you put all this work in, you're on the hardest thing dealing with builders and you're just selling it. What's the point of that? Well, 
I get it. I do. I promise you I get it. But when I look at the latest slip I'm doing, which should make 40 to, well, if it sells for what the agent thinks, 40 to well, 70 grand profit, my portfolio would take one or two years to make that, roughly. And that's fine. But if I didn't have a portfolio and I was starting out and I could make 40 to 80 grand on my first project, whereas my first buy-to-let project would give me 300 quid a month and it would take six months to get there, whereas a flip could be done and sold in six months, everything, if you have the right education, if you know what you're doing, you know, um, and the right people supporting you, trust me, it's a lot harder than you think. Uh, unless you've done it, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. So if I compare the two of those, you know, your first deal to make, say, 40 grand, which is not, depending on where you live and where you invest, it's not that unrealistic. Even say you make 20 grand, you know, it's going to take you a long time to make that in buy-to-let land. It is, that's a fact. And you're trying to quit your job, you're trying to do this, trying to do that. Well, what about if you, you know, did, you did a flip for the first one, you know, first or second one, right? You got your limited cash pot, you did a flip, you double your cash pot, or, you know, you add 20, 30, 40 grand to it. Let's just stick with 40 grand. Are you telling me that you couldn't quit your job, take out 15 grand of that 40, and say, right, here's my savings for the next year. Tej, you got a year, ready, steady, cook. I miss that show, I miss Ainsley, you know. I miss Ainsley. Uh, and where is Ainsley? Honestly, can bring back Ainsley, because TV gold. Also, he hasn't aged. He literally looks younger than... Mad luck for all. Uh, so, you've got a year, you've got the 15K, go get at it. That's a lot quicker and better than, oh, it's been it's month eight and I've got two buy to lets generating 300 quid each. You know what I mean? Um, at the same time, if you're smart with it, 10 grand of that 15, because you don't need that until three or four months in, could be in a stocks and shares ISA, could be in whatever, going against inflation, Put it back out and then carry, you know what I mean? There's, there's so many small ways. The main thing I say to myself is, what else could I be doing to make the same return or better or slightly worse, but what else could I be doing right now? Right, for the same amount of work, or what else could I be doing? I'd love to implore you to all ask yourself this question when you look at deals. So one of my mentees came to me, oh, I'm looking at an 8% return um, on a flip. Should I just do it to get my first one? Oh, breath. You read my book? You don't make any and you're asking this question. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I said that, but I also said to him, look, your desires and experience and want and ambition and is different to mine. Would I get out better at 8%? No. But then again, if it was 8% and 8% happened to be like a million pounds, I think it can change sometimes, right? Like, I think my ears are perking up then like a ferret when you hear food. Uh, you know, so it is subjective, but it is very personal. Now, that's why I suppose flips can be better because with a you know BRR, for example, you're getting 75% of the end value. On a flip, you're getting 100. And you can sometimes sell it for more than it values for. Most of the time I've had that, actually. You know, so it's kind of more forgiving. If you mess up, well, okay, you've got 25% leeway in a sense. At the same time, it's less forgiving because on a rental, people aren't going to complain about things. Value is not going to look at the finish as such. But when you sell it, of course they're going to look at the finish. And little things put people off, which is why 
You see my latest flip, I put bloody planters in. I, I have gone to town on this house, yeah? To town. Because I don't want them to say anything. I want them to say, this is beautiful. I want them to say, this is stunning. Who built this? Who built this? That's what I want from them. And hopefully that's what I'm gonna get from them. Um, but obviously I've done 16 refurbs, I've learned you know, what to do and what not to do. I'm always learning. Um, you know, with flipping a property, like I said, you've got more risk uh, with people not liking it, with the market shifting. You've got less risk with, you know, it being 100% instead of 75% versus holding it. You've got no tenants to manage. You've got chunks of cash coming in. If you have a pipeline, you know, you could be selling a flip every few months. You know, because once it's in the selling sort of stage and conveying, you know, the refurb is the most hands-on. If you have a project manager, but you learn how to do refurbs properly, you don't look at my e-learning, then... You know, your pipeline could be ching, 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 ka-ching, right? So honestly, and I say this to a lot of people starting out, consider flips. I get buy to lets I get, you know, why we do them and why I have them, and you know, but flips be such a good way to really multiply your starting funds, kind of maybe jump in at a bit of a deeper end in terms of the refurb quality, but also get working with various key people and understanding the wants and desires of people, what the local market's like, and maybe even creating a comparable for yourself. When it comes to revalue your buy to less later, you say, hello, this sold for this much, and I know because I sold it. You know, um, I get, you know, chunks of cash, they're not passive, there's no capital appreciation, so you get 40 grand today, it's 40 grand today, minus 2% a year on inflation, is now in your hands to make that, make that shit grow. Whereas in a property, you know, it's, it's growing naturally and it, as it will. So, you know, those are my thoughts on flipping versus holding. I hope I presented a balanced view for you. You know, any of your thoughts, please leave it in the comments below. You know, send me a DM on Instagram, send me an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts, love to hear your ideas. But those are my two views. I prefer flipping. I say that with the, um, the privilege, I suppose, of being fortunate enough that I've built this portfolio, a lot of hard work. But I also kind of prefer trading on top of it all, which is when you get it, add value, sell it on, no refurb, no builders, no builders. So yeah, that, that, those are my thoughts on, uh, on flipping versus holding. I hope that's been useful. Please do leave a comment below and do not forget to subscribe, like, and um, go buy my new books. I think you'll like them. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.